This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome along to The Rest is Football, the new podcast with me, Carolinica, Alan Shearer, and Micah Richards. Just like our sister podcast, The Rest is Politics, every Wednesday we will be answering your questions. You can send them to at restisfootball on all the main channels. Uh, we'll get to the questions in a moment, but first we've had a great reaction to our first episode. And thank you so much for your kind comments. It's gone down Fantastic well. one! I can't believe it, Gary! <laughs> I really can't believe it. Well, we expected it, didn't we? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you see you sound surprised. Oh, yeah, come on. With your stories, who's yeah. not going to tune it's in? It's a yet. dream team, though. It's <laughs> a dream team. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, before we get on with the rest of the show, there's some immediate reaction we wanted to bring you. This is something we're going to try and do as often as we can with the rest is football, where we'll jump on together for extra little bits of recording for big breaking news or anything like that. Uh, in this case, we recorded the questions episode at the end of last week. Since then, of course, the Lionesses have made it through to the quarterfinals of the Women's World Cup after beating Nigeria on penalties. And that prompted this question from Helen Quinn. What did you make of the England versus Nigeria game? Is it a good sign winning knockout games when you're not playing at your best? Well, it's definitely a better sign than losing uh, <laughs> when you're not playing your best. Um they didn't play well, to be honest, and they probably were a little bit fortunate. Who cares? Doesn't matter, does it, when in knockout football, Gary? You said it yourself. You've just got to get through. It doesn't matter how you get through. Um, and if you're going to win the tournament, there will be a game where you look back and think, we were maybe a little bit fortunate to uh, to get through, but it doesn't matter one jot. In knockout football, get through to the next round. In fact, it's probably a good sign that 
they haven't played that well, but they've got through. It might give them a bit, little bit more confidence. They're going to have to improve and get better, but I'm sure they can and will. Probably got fortunate in in extra time as well. The penalty decision that um, Nigeria didn't get, Micah. Um, yeah, it was it was a shove. It should have been a, a penalty, if we're being totally honest. But with watching the lionesses, it, it seems to me like they've not figured out what they're very good at at this moment in time. So the change in the formation um, and it's sort of like, like they're trying to fit in the great players of this team, but they've not quite figured out what's the best sort of formation and the right personnel well, they've to got, go uh, forward. Got a couple of big players missing out in the league. Yeah, Williamson, yeah exactly that. Williamson at mm. the back um, is, is, is massive for them, the way she comes out with the ball but in terms of just the structure mm. normally when you're watching England especially in the Euros there was dynamic yeah. there was on the ball there was sort of running games but they've sort of limped through so in answer to your question I think it's a good thing because we've not even mm. seen the best England yet and to go all that time after Lauren James got sent off I think it's a it's a very good sign of a good team yeah talking about the Lauren James things it was kind of echoes of, of, of David Beckham in, in a way, wasn't it? Just a silly moment, um, a rush of blood. But the one fundamental difference, of course, Alan, you played in that game, is that England went on to lose on that particular yeah. occasion and this time yeah. they won. But she will be missed when she's suspended. Yeah, she's she up till, up till then. She's had a great tournament, hasn't she? But um, yeah, that's the uh, slightly fortunate, I suppose, that her, uh, her teammates have... Um, have dragged her through it because you can imagine the criticism. You can imagine what would have been said if they had been beaten. It all would have been her fault, um, as we we saw it with there uh, with David Beckham. Well, well, you as were you, there, as you Adam. Right, you we were there, there obviously, was... and right on the pitch on that particular occasion. And when Beckham came off, the reaction obviously after England went out was incredible. You know the burning effigies of him in yeah. the streets back home. Yeah. Um, did you get any sense of that at the time? What was Beckham like in the dressing room at the end of the Not game? Not really. No, we didn't. We didn't have a clue that that was that was going to happen. Um, we were all, I suppose, slightly angry, but and and obviously very very disappointed at the way it had ended with the uh, with the penalty misses from Ince and Batty. Um, but no, we weren't prepared, and I don't think he was was prepared. And and I, I listened to David not so long ago talking about that exact situation where it was very very difficult for him coming back. But he uh, he had to rely a lot on his manager, Sir Alex Ferguson, because uh, he he backed him as you would expect him to, uh, and helped him along. Um, but yeah, the big difference is is that we were we were knocked out. Um, I always felt that if we could have won that that won that game and got through that game and penalties, then we perhaps could have uh, could have gone on. But who yeah. who who knows? But um, penalties again, eh? Yeah. Well, penalties were fine for the lionesses. They missed the first one. I thought, oh no, and then mm. well, a couple of horrendous penalties from Nigeria. <laughs> but the rest of the England penalties were pretty pretty tasty, Micah. They were just brilliant because you know when it's pressure. And I was listening to a couple of the interviews after the game and they were just talking about all they was thinking about is in that moment being cool mm. and calm and having the confidence to, to, to do that. There wasn't much I emotion think, there either, was there? There was quite, you know, after the, every, even, when, even when they missed or scored, they didn't over-celebrate or overdo the emotional no, side of it. It's a team of winners, you know, because of 
our history with England. And when we go to a penalty shootout, you all automatically think negatively. But once they've won something and they've they've had penalties before and obviously it was a big moment for them, but there was just, that's what I love about this team. The, the bravery, they're so courageous and they're so confident. Something that the England men's teams of the past have not really had. You can put it down to luck, but you can put it down to quality as well. They put it down and we look at the actual penalties. It's not going down the middle. They're going top left, bottom mm. left, top right. It's in incredible. And, and what about this? What about her style, Chloe Kelly, for the uh, for the for the win penalty? I mean, it was it was very different. Sheeresque, may of, I say, of where she wanted to put it. It was like we we've been there, isn't it? It's like it's all right, sin. We've practiced in training and etc. etc. But to actually go there and do that, do that style, and then put the pen where exactly where she wanted it, it was like boom! Have some of that. Thank you very much. There was it's a great pen. There was one of the Nigerian penalties though that that reminded me of something, Micah, which I, I've been fortunate enough to see uh, was a penalty miss of yours that was blazed so high over the crossbar with a remarkable follow-through, and um, hopefully people can um, find it because it's something of beauty. Well, explain yourself, Mike. Come on. I mean, what, what the fuck? Come on, explain. What was that? What's going on? So you all know I'm a, I'm a confident lad, aren't I? You know, too, too confident at times, if I'm being totally honest. But when it came to penalties, there was something inside me that just, it didn't agree. It's like... As soon as you mentioned penalties, and this is, I used to train every day. In training, I used to put them in a the top left, top right, but training's completely different to a game. There was one instant, we was playing 21s, England under 21s, uh, when we got to the final in Sweden. And one of the games, I think it was against Sweden, goes to goes to, to penalties. And I'm saying to the, to, to, to the rest of the players, I'm going last. I, I, I cannot... Physical, I was physically wanting people to miss on my side so I didn't have to go and <laughs> let, <laughs> let the team down. Yeah. Well, thankfully, Micah, thankfully the Lionesses had more, had more bravery about them th than you did. And let's hope they go on and beat Colombia in the quarterfinals and, and, and march on. Uh, right, our next question is from Greg Paul. Uh, who had the best career of the three of you? <laughs> Uh, he said, that would be an interesting debate. Would any of you exchange your career for any of the others? Well, hold on, let's put the medals on the Wait, table he, first. Oh. He's, saying, he's saying wages apart. So that doesn't oh. go into it. You just so, took my answer away. Oh, yeah. uh, we, all, we all wanted Mike's money, didn't we? Exactly. <laughs> all right, Gary, what did you win? Let's, let's put your medals on the table, please. Um, four golden boots. Ooh, four golden boots? The only player to win them in three separate clubs in top flight. Marvellous. Le Leicester, Everton and Tottenham. And a World Cup golden boot. Um, Team-wise... <laughs> I'm, sure I'm sure he said medals. Have you got your Google up there? He's got his Wikipedia up there. <laughs> I've got... Well, well, FA Cup winner's medal. Um, a Copa del Rey winner's medal. European Cup winner's cup winner's medal. Um, the old Division Two in his medal. That was my first medal. And um, um, East Leicester under 12. <laughs> competition. <laughs> Alan, oh, what did you win? What did you win, Al? Uh, one Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> Is that 
it was, a, it was, a, it was a couple of runners-up in the yeah. FA Cup and a runners-up with a Zenith data yeah, system. Yeah, you did win something with England, which was... The Tournois! The Tournois! The Tournois! The last England captain to lift a trophy. Probably the only England captain to lift a trophy. Is is the only time they played in such a thing. So, let's ask you the question, Mike. Get your medals on the table. Well, one and a half Premier League. Okay. Well, um, the half is good. I didn't play obviously last season, yeah, but I'm taking it. I'm taking two Premier League titles. I'm taking it: a League Cup medal right. and an FA Cup medal. Is that it's it? That's it. Yeah. Well, they're actually fairly similar, aren't they? It's not um, so, would you swap your career for Mike? <laughs> <laughs> This is on, on, on the pitch, Alan, not off the pitch. I'm slightly envious of the Leicester under 12s, but apart from that, no, I wouldn't no, swap. For neither of us, no. no. Michael, would, uh, would you swap? I'd swap your, for your age. Um, <laughs> I, won't, I won't swap financially, no, you said that in a question. No, it's not in financial. Finance. Nothing to do with commitment. finance. Yeah. Um, of course I would, I'd swap it in a heartbeat. Yeah. Uh, That's the I correct I, answer. I, I think I'd have to go with Alza. All-time right goal well. scorer in the Premier League. It's probably the right answer, Mike. It's, per- it's really? but I watched your clips and you was fantastic. <laughs> I think, I think, I, I think not, like, <laughs> some of them were. Yes, yeah. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But I think you're an underrated player. I think you know what it is. I think not by myself. Not, not under. No, not, not by you. <laughs> but I mean, in terms of because you're yeah. the, the oldest. Yeah. So the modern generation have not seen everything that you can do. Which is good in a way because they only tend to see the highlights of your good bits. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> I'll feel like that. I'll feel like that in yeah. like 25 years' time. You know, when it's me, you, and Jack Grealish, and yeah. he's gone and I'm the eldest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I'd be tempted to swap my career with Alan's, but there's a couple of things in there. It's all very well having the top, you know, Premier League one, but. You know, he's way behind me with England goals. <laughs> what is England goals? What's yours? 30. What's yours? 48. Ooh. I retired when I was 29, though. And back then, it yeah. was all about playing for yeah. international, wasn't it? You're better than that. There you go. How many games? 63. Oh, so you're still wanting two. Is two and nah, he was, he was, he was, he was decent. Decent. You should have scored more though. Gary was the, very decent. The teams that you played in, you should have scored more than 30 goals. Right. He was playing fucking Andorra, fucking who else was it? San Marino? No, I never played yeah, against San Marino. Yeah, but he did get a trick against. Who was it? Was it Luxembourg? <laughs> this is what I mean. It's ridiculous. Oh, no, God. It's ridiculous. Oh, no. All right. No, okay. This is how I'm gonna. Um, this is how I'm gonna do it. Who we who are your goals against? You score against any of the top nations, like Brazil, like Argentina, Germany, Germany, like Argentina. Yes. Yeah. Brazil. Uh, no, didn't score against Brazil. Please. Did you? So you've twice. got that twice. Twice. Two games. Yeah. Score against. Brazil. Who were their t- Who was their team back then, though? It was, who, a, Brazilian, it was, it was a Brazilian team. Yeah, but who was the, the top dog? Oh, now you now we want to. You, so you, you mentioned to, the countries. Now you want to go on to players. Yeah, but I just want to see you. Know no, I, mean? I, I, I can't recall, but it was Zico and people like that oh. around. You know, a decent player. Um, France. France. France scored against them. We both did in the same game. We did, yeah. Oh yeah, we played together. I'm not sure about yeah. that game. Um, Germany, lots of times. Always got one against the Germans. Italy. Italy's the one big one I didn't score against, which was disappointing. All the others I did. 
Brazil, Argentina. So if we go back Germany, to the question, Holland. Yeah, I, I, I swap my, my career and a heartbeat for you guys. Love it. Yeah. Def, definitely. We'll take that and we'll move on. Right, Scott <laughs> Simmons, uh, he's asking, who is the one player from your generation you wish you had the chance to play with but didn't? And why? Who's going first? Do you want to go first? Um, is, it this, is this to all of us? or? Yeah, I, w I would probably say um, Maradona. I did play with him in a game I've talked about, but it was a kind of friendly game and it was you know, one of those rest of the world teams against an English football league. So that doesn't count, but the, to play with him, I played against him obviously um, in the Hand of God goal and, and one or two other games when we played against Argentina. But because he was, he was just up there with the greatest of all time. And for me, it's him and Messi. They're very similar in so many different ways. But he was, he was just unbelievable. He did stuff, and you, even when you're on the pitch playing against him, you just go, how? How can you do that? Imagine playing with him, because he was, he was also, uns like Messi, unselfish. He'd, he'd slip you through, and God, you score so many goals. You, Alan? Probably played against them both. Ronaldo. Brazilian Ronaldo. Brazilian Ronaldo. Ooh, I'd yeah. argue, I'd argue he might have been better than Maradona. Ooh, if, it kind of if it wasn't for the injuries. Well, um, yeah, I'm not sure, but I think he was unbelievable. He was, I think as a nine, I think he's probably, he was I think I agree with you, as a nine the best. The injuries. Oh, nine. Are, yeah. And Rooney. Really? Rooney was unbelievable. Did you never play with him? No. He did against he never. him. Yeah. Played against him a few times, but not... Yeah. Uh, Didn't cross over and Not with him. He was Rick. an unbelievable player, so, yeah, those two. Yeah. High praise, high praise. Micah? I'd probably have to go Messi. Yeah, played against him, yeah? Uh, no, I never played against, no. played against Ronaldo, but no, never but against your, Messi. It's just... Yeah, you yeah he's a year above me. Yeah. He's a year above me. Yeah. Uh, same, born 24th of June. Yeah. Um, oh, what can you say about what, Messi? What, what, I, can't, I can't add to what... Yeah. Even when he... The game against, uh, he's gone over to um, MLS. He scores in his first game, yeah. in the last minute of the game. We just mm, written on the stars for him, yeah. wasn't it? It's just messy. Yeah. I think mm. he's the best ever. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree on that. Um, from John Simon, what is the funniest thing you've heard shouted from a crowd during a match you played in? <laughs> or what is the funniest song you've heard sung by a crowd? Ooh. Ooh. I, I told you mine, didn't I, Old Trafford? Go on. There's 76,000 right. singing if you shag cheer as Mrs. Clap your hands. <laughs> oh. Oh, I looked around at Old Trafford, even Rob Lee was clapping. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh. Lane, yeah, he's only joking. Uh, but no, we can't top that. I mean, no I, no, I don't think anyone could ever top that. But I did play, <laughs> I played at Chelsea once. And um, we got there with Tottenham. And we got there about an hour before the game, as you always do, a bit before that. And there was a bit of time. So I walked on, you look at the pitch, don't you? And then I walked off. And there's like 20, 30 kids in the tunnel. And I'm just signing all the autographs for the kids. And there's, there's this voice comes up, because it's obviously mo pretty much empty Stamford Bridge at that point. And this voice comes and it goes, Lenny Carr. And I thought, uh, yeah, yeah. And I looked up and, and the voice went, you're a diving fucking cheating <laughs> I went, oh, and it was like this old woman, this little old lady, oh, this little old lady. I went, oh, thank, thanks very much. What were the four or five words you used? Uh, well, there's the C word. 
She got a four of them right anyway. Yeah. She got the diving in there, which I was a bit harsh. That's the one that upset me. I went, I was like, I don't dive. <laughs> fans, fans. You? Uh, you so I got into trouble when I was younger, then I? News of the world. Remember every, every week? <laughs> and then uh, basically, I did nothing wrong. I just yeah. having a good just, time. Yeah, yeah. And then when I was warming up, my girl is a shy girl. My girl is a shy girl. Da, 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 da. Hey. That's, that's the only yeah, one I've done. Right. From <sighs> Simon Cherry. Ooh. Who were your least favourite opponents, either team or individual, or both? Ooh. I played against a guy called Pietro Viecovod, who played for Italy and Sampdoria. Um, played against him two or three times. But he was a central defender that was, you know, like normally there were like Tony Adams and people like that. You can hear them coming and all that, so you can get ready and stuff. And you'd also fancy getting away. But this fellow was like rapid, small, rapid, but evil. He would take you, he was horrible, horrible to play against. Danny Shims and Just do your, but he was quick as well, so you couldn't get, he was like Des Walker, but nasty. Yeah. Tony Adams, I mean, I know you didn't yeah, mind playing against him, but he was horrible on I mean, there. Broke nose, stitches in eye, stitches in lip, everything. Come off with everything. Really? Had some great battles with him, but Tony Adams was the hardest, toughest for yeah. me. Uh, Gareth Bale. Oh, yeah. Just, uh, was just, I have nightmares about him now. He just... He... <laughs> what? Because he went past I you just, that many he, times. He was the one who exposed my career. <laughs> See, his fault. Because yeah. no one could run past me. Because if I got past me, I was quick enough to get back yeah. and slide. Yeah. But I just remember him like he was roasting me time after time <laughs> after time. Yeah. And then people started saying, we've got a bit of weakness to my game here. Yeah. Defensively wise, you know, one on one. And the thing is, he had a bag of golf clubs on his back. Gareth <laughs> <laughs> Bell, yes. Yeah. Right. Um, Mitchell. Um, I'd like to know... Who have you been starstruck by the most uh, when meeting another player? Thierry Henry. Yeah. You know, he's just got that pizzazz. Is that the right word? Je ne sais quoi. Je ne sais quoi, yes. Yeah. Uh, and what a player. I was, yeah, I was playing for Man City at the time and then he was just in the tunnel. I was like a, a fucking, what are, the, what are the people who go out with a player? The mascot. Mm. I, was, I wasn't a mascot, but I felt like a mascot. Yeah. Just, I kept looking round and just, <laughs> I was in awe of the man. I was the same with Diego. Oh, Diego yeah. was, was exactly like that. But playing in that kind of friendly game with him once, the awe he had. You know, the players in the, that were playing that game, like, you know. Some, play, some players Zico just got that, don't they? Cool these. and just. Yeah, but it's their ability as well, isn't it? It's had it I, because with the ability comes the aura. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah true. Pelle. Pelle. I was lucky enough to interview him yeah. in Rio, actually, in the World Cup. And yeah. I was like, oh my God, this is like... Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we've been brought up on Pelle being the best player ever, hasn't we? So, but having said that, I know we, we, we're moving on, but I, um, coming into the match of the day room with you two to start with is daunting. Seriously, you lot are legends of the game. I'm not blowing smoke up your ass, And this is the last time I do this. <laughs> but... Obviously. Go on. <laughs> so when you come into Match of the Day and it's like, it's one of the best programmes, isn't it? If you like football, Match of the Day is... is well, of course. It's one of the best out there. 
The so, best, Micah, I should say. Well, we weren't from a broadcast. I've got to watch what I say. But you know, like, and you're not just there, so give people some insight. When you do match of the day, you don't just watch a couple of games and then pick out what you want. You're literally there from, I get there about quarter past 12, is it? The first mm-hmm. game's normally 12, yeah. 30, kick up. Get about quarter past 12. And I just remember the first time coming in and Gary's always got his chair to the right. <laughs> and I remember like sitting there for a, a little while because sometimes Gary comes, he's doing something else or Alan's on radio or whatever. And I was just sat there and I remember the producer, Rich, was like, it's Gary's, Gary's seat, do you know what I mean? So already I'm, I'm on edge. <laughs> I'm thinking, do you know what I mean? I can't even sit in a seat for God's sakes. No, you can. Well, no, I cannot. I'm not saying I can't, but I mean, it's the respect levels. It's like going into a changing room for the first time. And then like just watching the games, but then like if you see some analysis, wanting to say, wait until Alan goes because he's the lead uh, analyst on, on the program, then obviously you've got to go and do your bits. And then you sort of left with Alan Shearer on his own. You're like, what do you say? <laughs> what do you possibly say to Alan Shearer? Like, uh, I mean, I can understand you walking in looking at him thinking he's a miserable git. <laughs> but me, I mean, I was different and nice and welcoming. No, he was, was both nice and welcome, oh, but it's you. just the fact that yeah. you you have a certain standard. Match of the day is a creme de la creme. And you've got, you, you've got to be able to work on that programme as well. And you helped me out, of course you helped me out, but it's still daunting for the people that go on there. You must understand that. I totally understand that. And we're going to take a break now. And in that break, you're going to get out of my fucking chair. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by hotels.com i was traveling internationally last year i was in mallorca i didn't know the island well i said let me head to the north head towards the water let me go on hotels.com and see what they have available something preferably on the beach maybe even a gym not only did i get those things there was a kid's session with exercise gymnastics in the water pony rides a train It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Arrestes Football Question Time. Um, we've got one here from 
Stage Door Guy, which is um, interesting name, uh, was Micah tempted to stay in Italy? How well did he integrate when he was there? Uh, they didn't want me. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I Florence. How old is were you again amazing. when you went there? So I went to. For, 26, yeah. 26, 26. So I was supposed to be coming into my prime. Yeah. And I went um, there last day of the transfer window. And it was quite daunting to start with, to be honest, because it's a new country. And when I was doing a medical, they took me to some rubbish hotel. And I thought, what on God's earth am I doing here? Really? And I wanted to go back home. Uh, You're homesick. I wasn't, I wasn't really homesick, but I... I was expecting a big meats. I'm expecting creme de la creme. You know, they took me to a three, four star hotel, basically to wait while I was doing my medical. And I was like, Ooh, they took me around the training. Start, isn't that? I know, they took me around the training ground. And there was, Free Madonna. There, there was one, I'm, yeah, I'm, uh, <laughs> what can I say? I'm, um, I'm, we had one pitch to train on. And if the pitch wasn't in good condition. That was the same at Barcelona, you know. When I, really? went, when I went now, so I'm joining the, like, the biggest club in the world, certainly one of them. And um, we got, just after I got married actually, after the World Cup, then got married, then went straight out. And we arrived there and I thought, this is going to be out. So we, and we get taken to this, I was thinking, oh, I'll be in like, you know, top two top floors of, of the hotel, penthouse or so. So we get there and we go up and we're in this room that is the, Small, it's like four-star hotel again, but it's the smallest. And we had like all like everything we brought with us, cases and everything, because we we're going to live there. And we're in this little room, and in the end, I had to go down to reception and actually I had to pay for the room next to it just to put our luggage in. And then Mark Hughes, who signed at the same time, um, we got a knock on the door, and he and he went, "I just wanted to know if your room was as bad as mine." <laughs> And then at Barcelona, right? So that, that was there, the, we were in there for five months. Five months in this little tiny room, thinking this is, you know, arrived superstardom and stuff. And also, um, the, the, there was one pitch at Barcelona, and it was right by the side of the stadium. It wasn't even full size. It was just basically sand, and it was right next to the new Camp. Um, and it, exactly. nowadays, it, it, things are massively different. But things were very different. Yeah, you were absolutely spot on, by the way. He's won the bet. He said within the first two podcasts, Gary would get in. He played for Barcelona. Uh, yes, it's happened. <laughs> I hate to mention it. I hate to mention it. And, and, and a warning for future episodes: it, it will be mentioned again. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I was um, uh, there was one pitch, and I thought I'd made a mistake, but actually, it was one of the best sort of times of my life. After a while, they only put you there because it's only you're only there for a day or two. Then to take you into the centre and it's beautiful. Florence is gorgeous. Beautiful. And I wanted to stay, but I was speaking to Aston Villa at the time, and Aston Villa offered me more money, and the project seemed as though it was going to be better. We sound like 11 players that summer. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, did, I didn't perform to my, to my level when I was at Fiorentina. I kept getting injured, hamstring, my knee started flaring up a little bit. But I can't say anything bad about Florence. I wish I would have stayed there another three It's a beautiful, years. beautiful nice. place. Nice. The greatest. Yeah. Nice. Um, how did each of you know, this is from Margaret Hocking, um, how did each of you know it was time to stop playing? Injuries, fitness, no longer good enough, wanted to stop while still or near your best. Would you change it if you could? Always enjoy your chats. Thank you. 
Margaret. It's nice. Um, I think your body tells you. I think, yeah, certainly from my point of view, I knew the time was up. And someone always said to me, always get off the stage while they're shouting for more. I could have carried on for another year or two, but I wouldn't you have You actually quit from international football early. I did. I quit when I was I 29, yeah. um, month before my uh, my 30th yeah. birthday. Because in, had... in fact, that was a question from uh, The Batman. Who, mm. who had, do you have any regrets on calling time with England no, too soon? No, it was... Uh, I mean, it, it ripped me to bits having to do that because I was England captain at the time. So... It wasn't a decision that was that was, yeah. that was a, a light decision. It took it was a heavy heart, but I knew I had to do it because I had three serious injuries, yeah. and I knew if I wanted to carry on playing for another five or six years, yeah. I would have to give up one, and yeah. obviously it, it had to yeah. be England. So, but it was without doubt the right decision. Yours was very much injury, wasn't it? Yeah, but mine was injury, and it was more my mindset as well, mentality. So, what was wrong with what your mind? So basically, I was. You know, I don't know if you've had problems with your knees. No, Gary, I didn't. I was lucky. But basically, I'm on bone, on bone now, so the cartilage which protects it to give it a bit of cushion. So when I used to play, I used to get like between 50 and 100 mils of fluid. Still got a little bit now, but obviously I don't train as much. And I was having the doctor come to my apartment, drain the fluid just to train the next day. So I was doing my body no good, but... I wanted to prove to everyone I could still play. But in the end... We do as footballers, we play through. Stupid, we play stupid. through daft stuff, don't we? I did the same with my toe injury towards the yeah. end of my career. just played weak back. I think it was, uh, you know, you look back at Stuart Broad's decision to retire from cricket. Yeah. Right time. Yeah. Ended in the right way. <laughs> he certainly ended in the and right way. And it was way, like, for uh, sure. people are always going to yeah. remember him for being an unbelievable player, yeah. achieving great things. And he got out at the top, which yeah. I think is the best way. Yeah. Question from Mark Orton. Could you rate the grumpiest managers you've all worked under? And what was the most explosive situation you've experienced in the dressing room or training ground? Who's the grumpiest manager you played for? Uh, I would have to say Mancini. Yeah. Even though he loved me. Yeah. Now, we've talked about various stuff before, just where he was the nicest person ever to me, but on the training field, he just turned, he was like Jekyll and Hyde. It just turned into some sort of, I don't, I don't even know what the right, right word is. He like possessed. It was almost like he was possessed on the field. If he, it was like the little inches. You know, talking about tactical movements and where he should be. If you're out of position by even, I don't know, a yard, he just goes off the handle. And obviously took that to a to a game. Was playing in, I think it was Russia. And again, company, fans' favourite, captain, manager's favourite, everyone's favourite. And I just remember it. I'm gonna, I actually went back and Googled the goal like recently to see if it was my fault. And it's the same for that <laughs> fucking Rooney goal as well. Watch it, they're in a show on Sky Sports every week. You know the overhead yeah, kick? Yeah, of course, yeah. So if you actually look at the analysis, so you should analyse that goal, please, Alan. So it, it comes over and company slips like... I've got the wide man. Yeah, I could took over a little bit more, but I'm worried about the wide man. Company slips and really does this unbelievable goal and I get the blame for it. And exactly the same thing happened in Russia. Like company, the ball's come over and company's gone to head it, he's misjudged it. The guy snuck in behind me, but it was company's fault, but I got the blame for it. Yeah. So we, went, we came to face-to-face -face and I just started throwing people around. <laughs> Turned into Hulk for about a minute or two. Yeah. I wouldn't like to be thrown around like 
by, by you very much. Um, Chris well, Nickel was my hardest Chris Nickel, manager. Yeah. Ooh, but it was, I mean, I was a youngster as well, so I didn't really know what was uh, yeah. what was going on. He, he, he used to have milk bottles, proper glass crate <laughs> bottles in, in the dressing rooms. And he came in once and picked a bottle up at the end of the game and chucked it out the wall of glass and everything <laughs> really? everywhere. And then I don't know, I don't know whether you remember the Dell. I mean, the Dell, yeah, the old yeah, small ground, where the light was outside the dressing room. So someone flicked the light 10 seconds after he chucked the glass bottle. So it was pitch black in the dressing room, no lights at all as the night came. <laughs> and the light came back on and he stood like that. <laughs> he was teasing. thought someone was going to take a fucking chance. <laughs> For those of you who are only listening, I was a clenched fist that was going into a, a, a boxing match. Um, I played for a guy called Jock Wallace um, in my early days who terrified me. And um, I remember we, he, he came down from, from Rangers. He was Rangers manager. He was, an old, he was a goalkeeper, a huge guy, like six foot four, wide as a door. And, um, and he, he barked out. It's hard to understand what he said. He's strong Scottish accent. All that time. And he, he kind of wanted to make an impression when we first, I was like 17, well, 18 when he joined. And we had a training session and he was famous for his training sessions in, in Scotland where he used to take all the players to the sand dunes and run them up the hills and the sand dune hills. But Leicester is probably just about the furthest place from the coast and the sea in the country. So he had these huge amounts of sand brought in and, and he built all these massive sand hills to, for us to run up. And it was a bit of a PR stunt at the start of pre-season. We're all running up these hills and the local cameramen were there and all this and radio stations. We used to have a player called Dennis Rofe, yeah. who played who was at Southampton, Southampton yeah. as well. He was a great guy, little Dennis, fullback, good player, tough as it. But he had quite a kind of high-pitched, squeaky, cockney voice. And I, I remember we finished this run and, he, and the radio interviewer stuck his microphone in front of him Dennis, or Sid as we used to call him, and he stuck his, and, and he, he went, so what do you make the new manager then? So he went, I don't know, he says, I can't understand the fucking word he says, <laughs> but when he says jump, you don't all fucking jump. <laughs> I don't know whether it was live on radio, but, uh, but yeah. Anyway, we'll move, we move on. One from Micah here, from Matt MJC who asks, when you burst onto the scene at City, and, or popped onto the scene, as we now call it, <laughs> who at the time did you think was going to be a genuine superstar within City or anyone else's academy, but didn't quite make it? Without doubt, Michael Johnson. He was sort of like Alonso at Liverpool, where nothing was rushed. He was so good on the ball. He was so fit. He had all sorts of different passes. But he got a bad injury. And it's a bit different. People may want to talk about someone who didn't make it at all, but I'm talking about who was, I thought he'd be England captain. Yeah. He was That's that true. good. Like he was a mix between Gerard and Lampard. Cool, blimey. He was, he was he, honestly. Like, so what, what, what went wrong, Mark? Did you know? He, he basically, he had a, an ankle injury to start with. And that was fine, he recovered from that. But then he started getting a hip problem. Then he started drinking. Uh, and again, we, we talked about players. Spiral. The sort of, the drink to master pain. Because you know when people ask you, why do players have got all this money and all that sort of stuff? Right. We, we buy stupid things, we, we 
we do stupid things to mask the well. pain as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're still learning. And he was trying to mask the pain of this injury that kept reoccurring. Mm. And in the end, when he got back, he wasn't fit as he was. He put on a bit of weight. And then he just fell out of love with the game. Yeah. It was so sad. Okay. Two more questions. Um, one from Dan Lawrence. If you could delete from history every season of your career, bar one, which one season would you keep? And which team would you have been playing for? It's easy. City. The keep. The, when the, league, the league. That one. Simple. I mean, yeah. that season. I suspect Allens will be a, a similar. Or would it well, be? He's going to say Newcastle, isn't he? Well, this is it. It's he's going to say Newcastle, even though he won the Premier League with Blackburn. He's going to say Newcastle. One season. <laughs> oh, would the, the Euro, Euro 96, the, the Golden Boot, would, would that compete with the title? Um, yeah, I mean, it was an unbelievable summer. Yeah. But then I left and went to Newcastle. I don't know. The be- I think one of the best feelings I've had on the pitch ever was when I broke the record at Newcastle, Jackie Milburn's record. All oh, right. So you keep last, that season. My last ever season. That Your last one. ever season. Only because of the... Sorry, come on. Alan, please. But... We know we've got to appease the Newcastle, but we know that. 95 when we won the league at Blackburn. Yes, Alan! Like for little old Blackburn to yeah. come in and take the might of Man United on. Yeah. <laughs> Gary? I think I'd have to go with the FA Cup win. I know, I, you know, it's again, it's, it's a team, it's a team sport. And winning the FA Cup was, I'd lost it in 86 against Liverpool for Everton. And, but to win it in 91, and it's, it's one thing I've got over here. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. f- final question, which perhaps doesn't necessarily apply to you, Micah, but it says, if you could have added one more goal to any game, actually, you know that it can work for anyone, it doesn't have to be a striker, which would it have been? Oh, wow, that's a great question. From Hourglass. Oh, that's easy. Or at Hourglass Life. United, 6-1, make it 7. Really? <laughs> it's like the most meaningless goal. It doesn't matter. It's bragging rights in the city. That, yes. Make it 7-1. Oh, brilliant. Make them feel the pain. Alan? I've got mine. I've just thought of mine. I would have probably scored a goal in that golden goal time against Germany in 96 my, semi-final because we would have gone on and won the final I'm sure of it mine a similar answer because I, um, Hourglass who, he suggested maybe it was the 86 quarter against Argentina with the right, Barnes yeah. cross which I nearly got into I think no because I still think we'd have been very difficult to win that so I think I think I'd skip forward four years and say to sneak one in extra time of, of the game against Germany yeah. and won 2 1 and then fancy the chances in the final against yeah. Argentina. But we'll never know. Never, never, know. never Good know. question, though. Good question. Very good question. Yeah. yeah, it was. And that concludes our first ever question time. Thank you very much, Micah and Alan. And thank you all for listening and watching. And uh, we'll see you again soon. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. 
Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side by side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.